You're listening to What It's Like with Luz, a podcast highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I'm your host, Lucy Norris, and on today's episode, I'm joined by a professional chef. With some of his earliest memories being in the kitchen, it wasn't too much of a surprise that this week's guest found his way back there a few years down the line. Working as a model and athlete, it was his peers that suggested he share his recipes online after sampling his cooking on shoots and at training. Beginning with a picture of scones in his parents' garden led to the growth of his platform and a DM from BBC One producers asking him to take part in Yes Chef, a cooking competition that he'd go on to win. Moving to London and immersing himself in the culinary scene opened him up to countless opportunities, one of which placed him as the face of M&S food. To share his story, here's what it's like to be Chris Babber. Welcome, Chris. Thank you so much for coming on and joining me today. Um, I would love to start everything off just by giving everyone a bit of context, a bit of background, um, and chat about where your initial interest in food came from. Yeah, sure. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, really excited about this. I, I think in terms of where it all started and where did my love of food come from, some of my earliest memories are probably in the kitchen, you know, and it's hard to pinpoint one exact moment. I think I grew up and there's pictures of me in family albums. I'd be stood on the chair, like chopping vegetables uh, with my mum in the kitchen. And then I think once I was sort of tall enough to actually reach and cook for myself, I started to cook. So probably the age of 10, 11, I'd get in from school and I'd just be obsessed with making the dinner every night and seeing how you could turn sort of raw ingredients into something. And I think the thing that really, I don't know, the, the amazing thing about food is the reaction you get. So t- to be able to put dinner on the table for my parents, see a smile and a happy face, and we all get to sit down together, I think that's what makes me want to do it more and more. And by no means will we from like a real foodie family that we, we didn't have cookbooks from Morocco and spices from our travels. My, my parents can cook and we always cook from scratch, but it was very much your spag balls, cottage pies, fish pies, all, all the home cooked classics. And I don't know. I just developed a fascination with it and I love it. Yeah, that's amazing to hear. And I'm sure your parents loved having um, a mini built-in chef growing up. I'd say that was great for them. When I left home, I mean, this is the sort of thing I like to do with my food. I I love to inspire other people to cook. And my dad, not that he didn't like cooking or anything, he just never really had to cook because I was at home. And to be fair, he was working really long hours and a busy job. When I left home, he sort of stepped up and thought, right, I'm going to become the chef. And he started making all of my recipes from a complete novice to then me, now if I go home, he'll be making a lamb tagine or something, and then I'll, I'll do it one night, and he'll start giving me his advice on what to do. So it's just nice to see that what I've done is rubbed off on him, and it's really built his confidence up in the kitchen. Yeah, definitely. That's great to hear. It's kind of having a circular effect. Um, and yeah, from... I suppose my research um, into you, I saw that you were a model and an athlete first before mm. you kind of delved into the world of cooking. Um, yeah. Both of those things would strike me as being, say, having a notoriously bad relationship with food. Maybe that's a stereotype mm. or just food plays a big role in both of those jobs. So can you talk to me a bit about maybe what your relationship with with food was like when you were doing that versus now when you're um, kind of a TV chef? 
Yeah, I guess, first of all, I would say my relationship with food hasn't changed because I've got quite a good understanding of nutrition. And do you know what? One thing that really curbed the way I cook, obviously I was always cooking during my time as an athlete and a model. It was, I love food. I love to eat delicious things. I do need to stay in shape and stay incredibly fit, obviously for the sport. But how do I still make delicious food that I want to eat for dinner? And that sort of honed in my style of cooking that we can make the food we crave and make it healthy enough to sort of eat every day. I've never counted calories or anything like that. I think the difference now is I just don't eat as much. So one great analogy is I never ate different food to my parents, even when I was sort of an athlete and I needed a lot more food of a model. I'm staying in shape. I think there's a bad stigma around it. So it, we use this thing really common sense portion control how do i make one meal that'll suit my whole family that we can all enjoy it'll suit my needs as an athlete my dad's needs probably doesn't need as much food because he's he's working in an office he sat down most of the day my mum who's a busy nurse so it's really just balanced diet and portion control if i'm doing let's use spaghetti bolognese as an example if i'd been out training really hard i'd have a bit more pasta and if my dad was sat there and hadn't done much activity, he'd have a bit less pasta and a bit more sauce and a bit more salad. So I think it's just about getting the balance right. And where things differ now are probably that I just don't need as much food when I was an athlete because I needed to fuel my training. Um, but I think one problem in sport is there's eating disorders around food, especially in athletics and cycling. It's right in that a lot of people aren't eating enough. And it's important to get the message out there that if you're training hard, you really do need to be eating. And I guess going on to the modeling side of things, I used to turn up to shoots and bring food and lunch and cakes and stuff for people. And they loved it. And um, as fun as modeling was, it was never my passion. And when I turn up with all this food, people are like, why aren't you working in food? You clearly love it. So I've always had a healthy relationship with it. And I think that's the way that we should all live. And it's about eating a balanced diet and quite simply everything in moderation. And I think you should never be guilty about food. If you're going to feel guilty, then you probably shouldn't eat it is my opinion. I never have any guilt. People say, what are your guilty pleasures? Don't really have a guilty pleasure. I just have pleasures, you know, food's a joy. It's there to be enjoyed, but just in moderation, like everything in life. Yeah, I think it's really cool to hear that from you having come from those industries, which I suppose everyone just associates with crazy crash diets and all this kind yeah. of thing. Um, and so my next question is is uh, back to, I suppose, your journey into getting to where you are now. Yeah. Um, how did you go from, as you said, working as a model yeah. and an athlete to um, delving straight into the world of being a chef? Yeah, good question. Food was always a passion, you know, and I remember being a kid and do you know what? I never had an ambition to work in a restaurant. It never was on my mind. Oh, I'd love to be a chef in a restaurant as much. Hey, I've got so much respect for chefs in restaurants. I've got a lot of friends that work there. I've got friends that own restaurants, but for me, it was never that thing. I just love to cook at home. And either way, I was uh, still training as an athlete. I was doing modeling or whatever. And my friends, like I say, I would turn up with food and talk about, they're like, Chris, can you get these recipes online so we can actually try them? You're talking about them a lot, but we want to taste it. So with a bit of push and shove from my friends, start an Instagram account. It must be five, six years ago. First picture, posted a picture of some scones that I made in my parents' garden. And 
I thought, if I'm going to do this, I'm quite all in as a person. I'm going to do it properly every day, literally, whatever I made for dinner, posted the recipe. Horrific photo, by the way. My dad would be there going, oh, can we not just eat our dinner? Like, what are you doing taking all these photos? And do you know what? Instagram was new to me, but for my parents living in the countryside five, six years ago, sort of like, what is going on? But bless them, they let me get on with it and do it. And then I just started to build this following. I was like, yeah, there might be something in this. And then I got a, a, a direct message from some guy saying, Chris, I work for the BBC. Um, you'd be perfect for this daytime show that we've got called Yes Chef. And I thought it was a joke. I said, okay, mate, give me a call. So he rings me up and he said, yeah, it's, it's a daytime show. It's on at like two o'clock. It's basically a stripped down version of MasterChef over a week. A competition for home cooks and there'll be celebrity guest judges there on the day so I went away and did it and either way I ended up winning the show and on the application form it said who's your favorite chef and I'd written Atul Kutcher he's a Michelin star Indian chef always admired him you know I'd seen him on tv love Indian food and lo and behold he happens to be the judge on the day and for the week so I ended up winning uh, the competition which I thought was great and Atul said to me he's like Chris whatever you're doing in life at the, at the minute you can seriously cook. You should be working in food. And if you want a job in my, say, Michelin star restaurant in London, it's yours. And do you know what? I'd never taken a massive risk in my life. I, all, I never went to uni. I didn't go traveling. I was at home. All I ever wanted to do was work. And I thought, do you know what? This is an opportunity that I can't miss. Like, it was meant to be. Like, he's my food hero. He was there. I won. And he invited me down. So... Do you know what? Two weeks later, I packed my bags, moved to London and started working with him in the restaurant, sort of documented the whole thing through my Instagram. And I learned an incredible amount with Atul in his restaurant. Unbelievable experience. But what I realized at the end of, say, six months there, I really missed the feedback I get from Instagram of people saying, Chris, made your recipe at home with the kids. They ate all their veg. It was delicious. It was really easy. Didn't think I could do that. And that's when I realized what my passion in food is actually inspiring other people to cook rather than serving it to them on a plate in a restaurant. So I decided to leave the restaurant with full support from Atul. He really, he's a, he's a dear friend and mentor now. And I sort of just pursued my, my dream. I didn't have any real money or backing in London, didn't really have any friends, but I just knew that I cared so much about it. And I just started to continue to share my recipes continue to grow my following. Then you do jobs here and there, do stuff for different charities. And I, it's just persistence. Just keep on going. And that, that was really it, you know, and I've never looked back since. I think my life would have been completely different if I'd said to Atul, it's okay, mate, I'm, I'm going to stay at home. So yeah. that, that's kind of how it all happened. That's a crazy story. And I always think it's so funny how things work out like that when you you wrote down your idol and then you ended up working for him. That's insane. Yeah. I was going to um, say the best thing about that, I should have said it in the story, was you had to create like a signature dish on the day. I didn't know he was going to be there. And there's this beautiful pan fried sea bass with a coconut curry that I'd seen him do on like Saturday Kitchen about 10 years ago. It's in one of his books. I thought, I'll do my spin on that. So the first round, I'm, I'm stood there with all my ingredients out. And it's kind of his recipe. And then they announced he's going to be the judge. And he walked in and I was like, oh my God, this can go one way or the other. <laughs> and sort of, he looked at me and he looked at the ingredients and he just said, well, I kind of know what you're going to cook. And I was like, oh my God. And either way, I made it. And 
I took the food up to him. I was literally shaking and he tasted it and he just didn't say anything. And then he just said, you've absolutely nailed it. And I will never forget him saying that because that moment just gave me so much confidence and belief in myself from like a food idol, a Michelin star chef saying that I nailed food. It was that, right, I can seriously do this now. I need to get on with it. That that was a defining moment, I think, in my life when he said those words. Yeah, that's insane. It must have been such a pinch me moment. Um, mm. And so, so weird how everything works out like that. But congratulations yeah. to you. It's a massive achievement. Um, but I'm also wondering, you know, you described there this this massive thing kind of came out of the blue for you. It was really a situation where you either had to 100% dive yeah. in or let it pass you by. And you chose to dive in, move your life to a new city. Um, so yeah. how were you kind of, I suppose, I don't want to say, how are you feeling at that time? Sounds so deep, but how did you, you handle all of that personally with your life kind of spiraling in a good way, but so fast and everything happening so quickly for you? Oh, how did I handle it? Great question. I started to just embrace it. I just remember thinking to myself, if I don't like it, I can go home. And there's a lot that I would tell my previous self now that we can come to later, but I just really went with the flow. And do you know what? It was such a whirlwind because from him saying, do you want to come to London? It was only two weeks time. So I didn't really have any time to think. I just sort of got on board and did it. And I found this horrific place to live in town. And the first sort of six months at the restaurant, it was just like relentless because it was get home at midnight, get up at six, six days a week. I didn't really have another life other than that. And then I guess my personal life started when I left the restaurant and there's a story I'll tell and I tell a lot of people there's a there's a guy called David Gandhi he's a successful model Mm -hmm. and I remember when I'd left the restaurant I by chance I bumped into the guy in the street and I admire him I know he's really into his food and I literally stopped and said hello to him and he took his ear pods out and he had a chat with me and he's sort of saying oh I follow you on Instagram. What are you doing down here, Northern boy? And I thought, yeah, he's just going to shake me off. But either way, he did. And he gave me the time and met me for a coffee. And he's been like a rock for me ever since. Just the nicest guy, an absolute gentleman. And that was the sort of first friend I made. And he sort of helped and guided me. And I think I've found mentors and friends along the way that, that have sort of helped and supported me. Um, and that was a big help, I'd say. But just sort of, going with the flow because there's no rule book here like I haven't been to university it's just sort of especially in the early years just take each day as it comes and see where we get to and just I had so much belief in what I was doing and faith in it and such a sort of burning desire of where I want to get to I'd go through hard times and bad days but ultimately I knew why I was doing it and I think because my reason for being in London on my own with no friends was so strong that that sort of got me through every single day. Um, but yeah, it's just been a bit of a, a bit of a journey, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think it's a common thing, just having spoken to other people as well. It's that why, if you can figure out what your why yeah. is, you'll kind of get through anything, which is um, obviously yeah. what, what you've done and you've created something really mm-hmm. cool from it. Um, so you mentioned there, I suppose, in the story we left off where you left the restaurant. So can you yeah. fill me in on what happened after that? 
Yeah, so I left the restaurant and then I've gone from being employed in London to living in one of the most expensive cities probably in the world with no income other than this desire and why of why I want to be there. And it was just madness. I just, oh, I started to go out every night, not partying, but to sort of network, make friends. And I built like a really nice network of people over time that work in the food business. And then, you know, things lead to another and you get asked to do a little job here and a little job there. And you meet one person who'll introduce you to the next. And it was just this relentless approach to who can I go out? Who can I meet? Who can I buy a coffee and just listen to them? And I always just wanted to take in as much information as I can. And I would push myself every day to share one recipe on Instagram. So I was doing this relentless, I had like a, a relentless attitude to content. I had to get a recipe out. And I think it probably took six months or so and I ended up getting my first management team who sort of got me a few jobs here and there and then I started just through starting to get to know people in the industry I've done bits for Saturday Kitchen and Blue Peter and one of my dreams and goals I wrote it down when I moved to London on the train I've still got that exact list of goals was to become the face of a supermarket in the UK because I believe my food is sort of family food it's for everyone it's got to be accessible affordable attainable easy using ingredients that are easy to get a hold of and through someone that I met I got taken to this party um, which was a launch party for M&S and I met an incredible lady called Shari and we just clicked and she's the marketing director of M&S and I went in and, and met her and the team and before I knew it there was this idea to bring in sort of an ambassador for fresh food at M&S which which became myself and that was two years ago now and that was the best thing that ever happened to me it's my dream sort of job and every week I create fresh recipes using their ingredients for families um, and it really has been amazing and that was a pivotal moment for me and I'll never forget meeting Shari that day but that was a goal that I'd written down and I've sort of achieved it so it's just keep on moving and that was two years ago and that really lifted things up for me that elevated everything I was doing and then obviously it's been great working with them through the pandemic simply because home cooking is great so it's been nice to add value to people's lives through what I'm doing through through M&S so yeah yeah I think in the pandemic everyone and anyone has uh, tried to get into the kitchen anyway because there's not a lot else we can do yeah. so it's a good time um, for you to be sharing all of your stuff online and just promoting as you said at the very beginning that healthy relationship with food yeah. um, so I suppose where do you go next when you achieve your goal well I think for me you've always got a I'm very goal orientated I've got all my goals written down um, but the thing is, goals can change. You write them down. They've got to shift. Things happen. It's not always the same road that you end up on. And you achieve a goal and you've got to set new targets, you know, because I think one thing that I didn't used to do was celebrate the wins. And you sort of reach a goal and you go, right, what's next? I think we've got to take time to appreciate the moment of what we achieve. And that's something I certainly didn't used to do, but I, I'm starting to do it, do it more now and recognize when I've achieved something. But you've got to go, what's next? You've got to have something exciting to always be working towards. I think that is the key. There's always a million other things to do. And even looking in the pandemic, not necessarily a goal. I'm like, right, this is a situation. How can I utilize it 
and make a positive impact. So I started doing live cook-alongs for kids and parents, which has been probably the most heartwarming thing I've done because I've got children. It's almost like that full circle. Parents taking pictures of their kids stood up on the chairs, helping them cook the dinner. And it's like, that's what I used to do. So it's always just thinking, what else can I be doing in the short term? But also what are these longer term goals? What is the plan? And keep evolving. Yeah, I think it uh, must be amazing to see how, I suppose your efforts and your passions translates into impacts in people's lives. And as you said, that image of kids kind of going back to to Mm. where you started, that must be pretty nice to see. But I suppose, and you touched on this earlier as well, in terms of your experience in a restaurant and then what you felt Mm. it was kind of lacking uh, and then how you found it online um, in that way. But do you ever think in your future there will be a restaurant or how, how do you kind of see this evolving as time goes on? So for me, the restaurant thing right now, it's certainly not on my radar. I've got a lot to learn. I want to travel. I think if a restaurant is for me, it'd be in a number of years time, potentially when I've got a family and I want like a bit of a base somewhere I can maybe just be a small place, but it's certainly not something that, I'm aspiring to at the minute for me what I want to do is simply inspire people to cook delicious food at home and show just how easy it is with amazing ingredients so continue obviously grow the social profile I've got some stuff planned with the tv this year and people say why do you want to do tv why do you want to do that it's not to become famous it's because it's a bigger platform to share my message so simply if I'm, I'm on telly showing people how to cook I can impact a lot more people in one go and I think any sort of fame or whatever, that's almost a byproduct of what I do. Um, so I'm really doing it for the right reasons. I certainly want to get my first cookbook out, which is a work in progress. Um, I can't confirm anything for you right now, but <laughs> that is something that I haven't rushed into. I've been offered deals years ago, but I wanted to wait for the right time uh, to do it so I can create the best book possible that will help as many people as possible in their kitchens at home so certainly books television continue to grow my social profile and you know what another one is to have fun and enjoy the journey on the way that that's really important I think that we do that and don't just get totally focused and obsessed on the work side of it we've got to enjoy it but that's that's work I think being successful you've got to look at all areas of your life where you've got to get the balance right. It's a bit like your diet, you know, it's no good going all in on work and then your relationships are suffering and your health is and your fitness. I think we've really got to work hard in all areas. So not just have goals set for what do I want to achieve at work, but what do I want my relationships to look like? Not just romantically, but with friends, what do I want my health to look like my fitness? And I think if we can work hard in all areas, then that's going to lead to a bigger overall success. Yeah, I think that's so true. And um, I think maybe just in the kind of era that we live in at the moment Mm -hmm. with social media, all that kind of thing. um, And I suppose before the pandemic, everything was so fast paced and so success orientated, as you said Mm -hmm. there, you know, just focusing on maybe outward success and making sure that it'll look like you had it all together. and as we've experienced through the, co- the course of this conversation, you've had quite the journey to get to where you are. Mm. So I'd be curious to know if there's any, I'm, I'm sure there was um, a few, but if there's any 
big challenges you overcame that stick in your mind and your biggest tip for navigating through those tough times? Yeah, massively. I mean, some people will look at what I'm doing and think, oh, that's great. He's had it easy or something. But I moved here with no money. I didn't know anyone. Um, literally moved down with nothing other than my suitcase. I've got a, I've got a selfie of me on the train with my dad on the platform. And I said, I was, I pulled away. I actually started crying after that because oh. I'd never, I'd never lived away from home. So simply being away, I, I wasn't one to go away traveling or anything. It was massive shift for me. And, um, I was living in a flat that was horrific. It had mice in it and I was sharing flats with people I certainly didn't get on with. And that was really difficult. I'd lived in a comfortable family home. And do you know what got me through? It was just, I'm here for a reason and I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And I've overcome massive challenges in, in my time here of things that was supposed to happen and didn't and being let down in a huge way, like things that would have changed the game for me a few years ago. But then I think one way I've dealt with it is I've built a really nice little support network around me of incredible people, not many, just a few people that I trust. Almost people always talk about mentors and just having a few people I can sound ideas off or people that have been there in that situation that I can that can relate to what I'm going through because they've done it before. That really helped. But I think it was just always keeping my eyes on the prize, reviewing my goals. Why am I here? This is what I want to do. And it's because I'm so passionate and care about it that no matter how hard times got, I can just continue to get through. Um, if that kind of makes sense. Yeah, it does. And I think it's really evident from speaking to you um, that you do have such passion and you are doing it for completely the right reasons, which yeah. I think is a big force that that uh, impacts on people's success because it's really obvious and evident when people yeah. are not uh, 100% invested. So um, yeah. yeah, I can definitely get that from just chatting to you for, for a little yeah. bit. Um, and then I just have one more question for you and I'm going to let yeah. you get on with your day. Yeah. Um, if I put your 10 year old self in front of you now, yeah. having been through absolutely everything yeah. you've been through, um, both with your career and then I suppose life mm. in general, what's the biggest piece of advice you'd give that 10 year old self moving forward? So this is a question that I really wanted to try and nail in one go, but I think there's probably a few things now. <sighs> where to start I think number one you've got to be patient that is something that so many people around me that I've been lucky enough to meet that have had long successful careers have saying Chris just be patient and it's so easy to hear those words at the time but you've got to be patient I think a massive one for me personally is don't overthink things and don't worry don't sweat the small stuff um, and really try and enjoy the journey and have fun and live in the moment a bit more. I certainly spent a lot of my mental energy in the future when I'd say at the start of my journey into what I'm doing now, I'd always be thinking ahead. And sometimes I think, I look back and think, oh, I actually missed the moment there. I should have just embraced it and enjoyed it for what it was. So I think be patient, have fun, enjoy the journey, and don't sweat the small stuff. Try not to overthink things. Yeah, I love all of those. I think they're all so relevant to absolutely anyone that's listening, yeah. um, especially the overthinking one, because I know I'm definitely oh. uh, bad for that myself. It's so hard yeah. to do. 
Um, I think if you can't control it, you shouldn't worry about it. And if it's something that's in my control, I'll take action and solve it. If it's not in my control, I shouldn't really waste mental energy on it because that isn't going to affect the outcome. So I think control the controllables is what I would say. Um, and, and don't overthink things if you don't need to. You can often talk yourself out of something or often you look back, what are these things that you're overthinking? And six months later, you think, why was I even worried about that? So that it takes time, but it's just changing that attitude. And again, just having like a positive mental attitude underlying everything. Yes, we all have bad days, but if you've just always got this positive attitude about what you're doing, I think you can't go far wrong. For me, success is more of a feeling than a thing. We can be so driven to achieve goals and we can measure success against them absolutely but i think success is almost a feeling of if we can wake up excited in the morning to be doing something we're passionate about and go to bed sort of happy and satisfied at the end of the day i think that's almost a success and it's living the life that you want to live and be brave enough to do what you want to do so i think it's if you're waking up every day and you can be excited about what you're going to do and it's your passion and go to bed happy and satisfied. I think that overall feeling is probably a success. Obviously you're not going to feel that every day. We all have bad days, but overall that'd be what I think. Yeah, no, I really like that. And I think just having spoke to, um, you know, other people from completely, uh, unrelated walks of life and things but they all yeah. say the same thing that if you can turn your passion into your day job you've yeah. pretty much nailed life I suppose yeah um which you have done which like to me sitting on the other end it's so inspiring um to uh, see that it's possible so um yeah I've really enjoyed hearing uh, your story oh uh, no thank you so much for having me on I really appreciate that thank you so much for listening and as always Please rate, share and leave a comment if you like what you hear. And don't forget to follow at what it's like pod on Instagram and Facebook. To find out more about Chris and his food, visit the links provided in the show notes. I'll be back on Monday with more inspiring stories. But for now, this has been what it's like with Luce.